to make their living in the world of entertainment. Big thank you to Phil Ranta, CEO of Comedy Podcast Network. Thanks also to Tom Burns for the artwork and Diana Lawrence for the original music. Please share with me your thoughts on iTunes. Leave a comment, rate the show, send me an email. You can reach me at livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. And we now have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Today's episode, I speak with actress, improviser, the beautiful Holly Walker. Living the dream. I'm Rich Baker, and I'm here with Holly Walker, <laughs> who's got the face that's brighter than the sun. There's oh. got to be a better way to say that. I, I will take it. It's, okay, it's quite enough. all right, yeah. I wish that you, you're the kind of guest that makes me wish this was a video. Because oh. I was like, oh, you got to see her face. It's adorable. Thank you, Everson. So, Holly Walker, as I understand it, no, fill in the gaps and correct me if I'm wrong, mm. but your career for the past so many years has been roughly this. You worked for the Second City Touring Company, touring around the country, doing sketch comedy for Second City. Yes. Then you went to Amsterdam and did improv comedy in Amsterdam for European tourists. For, yes. For for any any tourists. Yes, for a company called Boom Chicago. Boom Chicago. Yes. Then you went and did Second City again, this time in Las Vegas, setting up a stage for two years? Yes. And then now you do boats. You do cruise ships, which you're on right now. Yes. And then you do movies and stuff. That is correct. So you do everything. I try to do a little bit of everything. And actually, prior to that, I worked for about four years with a company called Top Hat Productions, which went around the country as well, touring and doing murder mysteries. So I've been performing improv for quite some time. I'm truly blessed in the fact that improv has allowed me to travel the country and get paid and then travel the world as well and, and get paid to do it and so it's it's fantastic <laughs> it's fantastic and yes and now uh, I'm with a company called Rebel Productions and we I'm doing my third movie with them one two three fourth movie with them wow uh, this Actually, straight off of the ship. I fly straight from here, our contract, right into Cincinnati, Ohio, and then we start productions. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool. And you're pretty much uh, exclusively on on the actor's side. You don't do a lot of, like, directing or producing or anything like that. As of right now, no. I haven't done any producing or directing, though I think I would be a good director... Because I think I'm a little bossy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say that you would make a fine director uh, if that is the quality that you need. If that's the criteria, then I would be an excellent director. I, I do think that I like things certain way. I, a certain way I will not lie about that. I think I would be a good director. I think I need to be gentler. I think I'm learning to be gentler in the way I speak to people. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm much better now than I was. Oh boy. Yeah. I Occasionally, uh, things come out much harsher than I would want them to, um, but I think once I get a handle on saying as gently as I want to express thoughts, uh, then I think I would I would be a, a somewhat decent director. I think I would. Does that help you or hurt you in, in the acting world as far as being, like, wearing your emotions on your sleeve? 
I, it has definitely hurt on occasion. Um, but I think overall it helps a lot because if I wear my emotions on my sleeve, then I tend to wear the emotions on my face. And that's quite often for me what acting is, people being able to see your emotions. Sure. So it, it, I, I'm fairly in touch, in tune with those, sometimes more so than I should be. But, uh, but yeah, I, I think overall it has helped. And you've done, you said you've done three movies with this one particular company. Yes. You're working your fourth. Are, yes. Do you have the ability to plug? Can you say go to Amazon and buy this or go to Netflix and put this in your queue? Or Yes. I, well, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the, this is the one thing that I definitely, another thing that I definitely need to learn as far as performing is, is concerned is my own self-promotion and putting myself out there and saying go get this and see this I should be able to tell you exactly where you could go in order to buy uh, Hitting the Nuts which is the last movie that Hitting the Nuts Hitting the Nuts which is a (laughs) which is a poker term for having the best hand possible and it's a movie that was done that was an improvised movie, mm-hmm. and it was a lot, a lot of fun. And you can actually go, I believe, to hittingthenuts.com mm-hmm. to find out about the movie. And I believe on there you can buy the CD as well, wow. or the DVD as well. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, you also have your SAG card. Was uh, what, what have you done? Like, what, what other kind of films have you done or commercials or things that besides these for this company? Well, the first commercial I did out in... California in Los Angeles <laughs> uh, was a commercial for Popeye's Chicken. Never heard of it. And I taught a white boy how to order fried chicken. <laughs> Do you remember uh, any of the lines of your teaching? Because I'd yes. love to know. Yes. As, as a white boy. <laughs> Actually, I was working behind the counter, so I was the register worker, and a, and a guy came up to the counter, and he ordered chicken, and I said, well, sir, you don't have to be naked to order the naked chicken strips, and then it pans to him, and he's completely naked, and he's, you know, he's just standing at the counter, so that was my first commercial in Los Angeles. I, I still feel bad because I was so, while we were filming it, I was so nervous because this poor guy all day had to stand naked in front of me (laughs) with a little teeny tiny, it looked like a shower cap over his junk. (laughs) And A junk cap? It was a junk cap. (laughs) And I was just so embarrassed and I did, that I didn't really talk to him much (laughs) at all. And it was horrible because it was mostly just the two of us all day. Sure. And I can typically talk to anyone about anything and just go gabbity gabbity blah blah blah. I get that from my father. He knows no strangers. But for some reason it wasn't until the rap was done and it was an all day shoot. It wasn't until the rap was done and he put his clothes on that we started talking. And that actor's name was Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done uh, any t- 
TV or anything? Uh, I worked as a stand-in for a television show called All of Us mm-hmm. that was on UPN and then CW or CW and then UPN. I can't remember how it goes. <laughs> and I was blessed to be able to be on set every day as a full-time stand-in. Okay. And it was five days a week, Mm. and that's actually how I got my SAG card. Just by taking that job, they gave me my SAG card. So, just to be sure, a stand-in, I think, is someone who literally stands where the actor is supposed to stand and then waits for the camera people to get adjusted and then you move and the actor comes in when they're ready to shoot? Is that it? Pretty much so. Um, pretty much so. So who were you a stand-in for? I was a stand-in for a woman named Lisa Ray. Okay. And she's um, gorgeous. Wow. Wonderful. Beautiful. But modelly gorgeous. Like yeah. She started out, I believe, in... Ice Cube videos, like like gorgeous, drop dead gorgeous, and I'm like, uh, I'm stand-in. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> but um, but being a stand-in, you also, I also had to watch their rehearsals for the first three days, mm. so that I knew all of the blocking for her, and also for the young kid named Kamani who was like an eight-year-old in the show. Yeah. And so I would have to know all of their blocking so that when they were in hair and makeup and the cameras were there, I would run all of the scenes so that the cameras knew exactly how she moved, what door she went through, when she sat down, on what line, uh-huh. so that they could have that smooth when she came back on set. I see. Yeah. So you were never actually on the show then? I was on the show, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, they put me on the show, I would say, three times on camera, and then I did a lot of voiceover work for them as well. So, yeah, there were a lot of different jobs uh, being a stand-in that was involved with the stand-in. So for we would be there for the table read as well. Huh. So I would read all of the lines that the co-stars and guest stars that they hadn't actually uh, put into those roles yet. Uh-huh. Uh, I would read all of their lines. Um, and then on occasion, I, the, the biggest role that I had, they uh, wrote a, a script... No one liked the script of the table read. They scrapped the whole thing that night. They all stayed up overnight. The next day, we had a brand new script. Mm. So they didn't have a chance to audition anyone or anything. I read a part uh, that was pretty substantial. They liked the way I read it. And Debbie Allen, who was the director of that episode, said... Either you get someone that sounds exactly like Holly doing this role, or you give it to Holly. And so, they gave me the role. Why Why would it even be, like, if the director says, this person did perfect, why would they even want to go and waste money and time casting? Exactly, and that's how I got the role. Right, fair enough. And that's how I got the role. So, let's take me back uh, to young, I don't know, five, six-year-old Holly. Mm-hmm. Did you dream of being an actress at that point? I... The moment that it dawned on me that I wanted to be an actor or that I could be an actor, I think I was about six years old. Wow. And I was watching Shirley Temple 
and she was dancing with Bill Bojangles. His last name is Williams, maybe? Sure. And um, they were doing a tap dance number up and down the stairs. Mm. And I went, wow, she's my age. Uh, A, she's a girl. B, and he's black. C, between the two of them, they cover (laughs) everything that I am. (laughs) That that means I could do this. (laughs) So, in other words, you are Bojangles and Shirley Temple's love child. (laughs) That is exactly correct. I would love that you're... I I really want your agent to start pitching you like that. (laughs) No, I got this perfect girl for your casting call. (laughs) But the first moment that I realized that I was a diva. I didn't know it then, but looking back on it, I went, yep, diva. Um, Was in third grade, so I was eight. And there was a show that uh, they were doing at our elementary school, and it was called First Springs, the Season of Happiness. And so I auditioned for it, and they said, okay, Holly, we want you to be Mother Nature. And I said... (laughs) I don't want to be Mother Nature. I want to be Spring. (laughs) And they said, well, why do you want to be Spring? And I said, because her name is in the title of the play. Yes, there it is. But then they said, but Mother Nature has more lines than Spring. And I went, I'll take it. (laughs) At eight years old. You were a tough negotiator in the beginning. Yeah. I like it. So when... uh, at that point, did you, I mean, obviously you're a kid, so you're not necessarily shaping your career, but I mean, did you start making moves then that were like, I'm, this is what I want to do when I'm older? Did you like... No, I didn't. Surprisingly enough, I didn't. I I enjoyed acting. I enjoyed performing. Um, I, I don't know if I thought that it... I thought that it was something fun to do. I don't know if I thought that it was my career choice. Uh Because in high school, I did forensics and performed and had a great time with it as well. And I kind of started to lean. Is forensic like a debate team? Kind of, sort of, yeah. There are are different um, aspects of forensics. So you can go in as... Uh, an impromptu speaker or a serious prose speaker or a poetry speaker or as a group for multiples or in storytelling, like telling a children's story right. or a humorous. And so, or sales, for instance. Um, and it's basically you create a five to eight minute piece and you perform it in a competitive style up against, you know, everyone from your region, different schools, or and then go to... Uh, this like a state competition kind of thing. And so I did that in high school and I really enjoyed that as well. And I, I, I thought it would be fun, but upon graduation, even before graduation, my, my dad said to me, and I still remember this very clearly, um, this acting thing is a, is a lot of fun for you, but what are you going to do for a real career? And I went, uh, <laughs> I'll be a math major? <laughs> <laughs> Where did that come 
come from. Uh, exactly, exactly. And so I ended up going to school, and my my major was math. I went I went with a math focus at to Eastern Michigan University. I promptly got bounced out of school after about a year and a half. Because <laughs> you want, you wanted to be spring. Because, <laughs> because I wanted to be Mother Nature again. <laughs> and then uh, after that, my folks said, um, well, if you're going back to school, you're going to pay for it yourself. Uh. And I said, well, if I'm going to pay for it myself, then I'm going to take the classes that I want to take. And that's when I started taking theater classes. Bam! Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, you did you go back to Eastern Michigan? No, I started taking classes then. I started bouncing around. I took classes at Lansing Community College. I took classes at Kellogg Community College. I took classes uh, all over the place. And, and it was in Kellogg Community College where I had a an instructor named Dennis McKeon, who I, is still a good friend of mine. He had a company called Top Hat Productions. Oh, wow. And he said... You know, I, I really enjoy your work. As soon as you finish school, I have this company that I would like you to join. Wow. And I dropped out of classes and started improvising. There you go. And I dropped out of classes immediately and started and started performing and traveling around and the United States. And you were touring all over? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And was that a full-time gig? I mean, as far as, like, you could pay your bills, you could make your money doing this thing? Yeah, pretty much so. I mean, I, I I don't remember really having any other job, so I'm going to say yes. <laughs> it was it was fairly it was fairly full time. Um, I mean, as touring goes, there was definitely well, sure. I mean, you'll have like dark spots, but I mean, exactly. like when you're on the road, you you don't have to like worry about where's right. No, no, I didn't. So you did that for four years, and uh-huh. then is that when you decided to move to Chicago? Or yeah, I I did. I I also did um, Summerstock Theater. I did that a couple of times in Michigan as well at a place called the Barn Theater, and that was fantastic and wonderful, and I enjoyed it. But between the two, I realized that I wanted to be a smaller fish in a bigger pond. Okay. A bigger fish in a small pond. Because you were ruling Michigan. At the I time. was ruling Augusta, Michigan. <laughs> no, nothing goes through Augusta, Michigan without going through Holly Walker. Actually, I did not rule Augusta, Michigan. Jennifer Garner ruled Augusta. No Michigan. kidding. No. Did kidding. you work with her? She was at the Summerstock Theater the same year that I was there, as oh. well as uh, some of my great friends, even to this day. And she got every freaking role that could possibly come her way. Like, they loved her immediately. And she, I, the only thing I can say about her is that she was very sweet. She was very nice. Um, I, I would hate to go. She was a bitch, but she wasn't. She was, uh, she was a sweetheart. She liked to streak. Like, she didn't drink alcohol, really. She liked, she didn't smoke pot. She liked to streak. That was, and I'm like, well, God bless her. I know. And I'm like, really? You're already getting the roles, and now you're running around naked and making people love you even more? Oh, if I could hate you, I would. So were you guys, like, friends? 
I wouldn't consider us, like, hanging out buddies, friends, or anything. We both worked in the costume shop. She couldn't do laundry for shit, but... (laughs) (laughs) Made more work for us. But she was, but she was very sweet. She didn't need to do laundry. She didn't like clothes. Right. (laughs) Why do you need laundry to go street? What's the point of having laundry? Um, But she was, she was very sweet, and there was actually even a, a little tragedy that happened that year and she was very supportive to oh. to me uh during that we we had a, a wonderful performer named edwina lewis who performed there and uh she died the night before opening night wow and uh i ended up having to take her place and stand in for her and there was this song that i had to sing and it was the hardest thing and i my my I was not strong vocally, mm. and I was just nervous, nervous, nervous about it. And she said, you're doing a great job. Like, she would come oh. by and go, you're doing a great job. Like, keep it up, keep it up. You're doing a great job. So, like, those are the only things I can say about Jennifer Garner. She's And she never got you a part on Alias? or <laughs> No. It ran for six seasons. It I ran mean, for six seasons. One role for Holly Walker? You know why? But that's just it. Like, that's one thing. That's another one of the things that I'm still learning about this business, the self-promoting thing. That's getting back to that. Like, had I knocked on her door and gone, hey, um, do you remember me? I just, can I have maybe a a role or audition for something, I bet I would have been able to do it. But because this, the town, Hollywood, is about who you know quite often, and I'm just now figuring those kind of things out. So. Well, you know, who knows? She might get another show. That is true. And then you can give her a call. Yeah, that is true. It's like, hey, remember when I did your laundry for you? <laughs> Time to pony up. Time to pony up, sister. So, uh... You're making a living touring with Top Hat, yep. doing summer stock. Then yep. you moved to Chicago. Yes. I'm assuming you didn't go straight into Chicago and make your living off acting, but I could be wrong. No, I didn't. I went straight to Chicago to start taking classes with the Second City. That was my intention, was to move there and take classes. And I did that. I started taking classes. And uh, midway through classes... A wonderful guy that you know, Ed Garza. I know Ed Garza. Uh, said, Teacher at Second City. Yeah, wonderful. He said, he at that time, he was the administrative director. Mm-hmm. And he said, hey, I want you to interview to be my assistant at the training center. And I went, but I don't know how to do... He goes, just interview. <laughs> and I went through the interview, and he hired me as his assistant. And so wow. I was the training center assistant at the Second City in Chicago while I was taking classes, which I got the classes for free, which is fantastic. So that was that was my job. And so I have, I'm the newer old school Chicago, like right now, I'm considered old school, but I'm not like Dan Aykroyd old school. But well, yeah, because he was first of all, he was Toronto. <laughs> that uh, is true. So. Uh, but I'm not Bill Murray old school. No, you're old school to, to people like me that didn't get there until 2005. Correct, correct. Um, but I got to know wonderful people uh, coming up through. 
the second city by being by being the training center assistant. Um, a, a lot of great folk. I um, took classes with Dave Pompey and Kevin Farley and Chris's little brother. And, yeah. Uh, it, it was it was great. I know a ton of people from the second city from that. But then after a while. Ed Garza said, yeah, they're going to continue to see you as administrative if you continue to work here. So after a while, I had to quit my job so that they could hire me into being uh, on the touring company. So. And it's just, how, how long between when you started classes and getting into Torco? How long did it take for you? Oh, my God. Decades. I, I doubt that. It felt sure. like it, though. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It really felt like it. Um... I would say, from the start of my classes to being in Turco, had to be at least two years. Oh, wow, that's forever. At least, well, <laughs> no, it might have been three years. It might have been longer than that. It had to have been longer than that. Because it seemed like I was on the short list for a year before I even got into a touring company. So you're back in a touring company, mm-hmm. back touring the United States like mm-hmm. you had been, mm-hmm. making a living, mm-hmm. and then uh, w- what What promulgated Boom Chicago? Well, um, first off, I was with Mighty Mighty Tour, Blue Co. Blue Co is the best co of, of all the co. I just have to shout that out, Mighty Mighty Blue There are co. three tour co's in Second City, green, blue, and red. In case you don't know, and she's claiming blue is the best. It, it, I'm not claiming. Uh, it's the truth. Mother Nature is fact. stating. <laughs> I really want to shoot a movie, and I don't know what it's going to be called, but Mother Nature will be in the title, <laughs> and you're going to play her. I, I will absolutely do that for you. Thank you. Um, well, I had actually auditioned for Boom Chicago once before, and they basically said, don't call us, we'll call you. Yeah. Um, but I thought living in Amsterdam would be a magnificent thing. I thought that sure. learning a whole new culture from within would be great. I love to travel, but occasionally when I travel, I only get to see the touristy things. Right. Um, and I don't want to see touristy things. I want to get to the meat of... A different cultures, different people, and so that's why I, uh, one of the main reasons I auditioned for Boom Chicago because I knew that you would have to do about a year or so contract, and within that, I would learn about a different culture. And you worked with like Jennifer Garner is maybe the first person you worked with who was famous, but in Boom Chicago, you worked with people who are considered pretty famous now as well, right? Yes. Um, I worked with Nicole Parker, who was on Mad TV, as well as Jordan Peele, who was on Mad TV, and Seth Meyers, uh, who is the head writer of Saturday Night Live now. Uh, also, Ike Barinholtz, who was on Mad TV. Am I forgetting someone? A, a, a ton of incredibly talented people. I've always been blessed to be surrounded by incredibly talented people. Always, always, always. I, I do believe I always will. Well, good. 
Including yourself. You st- you shut your pretty mouth. <laughs> you shut that pretty mouth, Mother Nature. If you had a nickel for every time you told that to a girl. <laughs> I don't usually say shut the mouth. Okay, now. Don't go there. If you don't <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm so, alright. Uh, and then you decide, you know what, I'm bored with uh, making money in Las Vegas. We don't even have time to talk about Las Vegas, but you helped write shows and do shows there for Second City for two years. Yes, and again, incredibly talented people. I was in that cast with um, Seamus McCarthy, who's in L.A. now, Kay Cannon, who is a writer for 30 Rock, uh, Joe Kelly, who is a writer for... How I Met Your Mother, and Jason Sudeikis, who is on SNL as well. And is in a ton of movies. And in a ton of movies. Ed Goodman, who's also fantastic. Um, yeah, I've always just been surrounded and by... And you're still not knocking on anyone's door like, hey... Right? He's a part for me on How I Met Your Mother. Isn't that craziness? It's you, craziness. You know... You, have, you are one degree separated from so many people. From the world. And you're you're there. You you would be a valuable asset to them. And you're like, nah. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. To it's me. a little. It's a little ridiculous. And so you do Amsterdam. You do Las Vegas. Uh-huh. You've done cruise ships all over uh-huh. uh, the world, uh-huh. and, and now you're in LA. So what's what's the goal here? What are, what are what do you want to do? I would love to do television and movies. I would love to be on a dramedy mm-hmm. or a sitcom or a drama uh, as <laughs> just to cover all your bases just to cover all my bases I would or do a game show or, or the news <laughs> or the weather channel or when they bleep it for a long time and say this is just a test I'd like to be I'd like my face to be on that I'd love to be in a cartoon <laughs> um, but yeah I would love to be a series regular and get my chops as far as television is concerned. I do believe that a lot of wonderful actors have honed their skills by just doing it over and over and over again, like every week performing on a, on a television show. I would love to do that and then branch out into movies. Now, granted, if I have to be a movie star right off the bat, then that's fine as well. I will take that universe. If you have to be. If I have to, universe. But my druthers would to be would be to be a series regular uh, on a television show. I think, and the reason why I say uh, drama would be fun is because I think I do have comedy chops. But I think that I definitely have a... Uh, a serious aura around me just as I can say things to people in a ver- in a tone that I don't intend to be as serious but there's a lot of weight to it uh-huh. I think I project that on on television as well so I think that that mighty character that had a sarcastic comic relief to it as well would would play well on television well you know like Breaking Bad uh, is still running pretty strong. I think you could like easily be Walter White's like uh, illicit lover. I think you should go pitch that right now Dern to Vince Gillian. Dern Tootin. Uh, but yeah, I think that that would be 
fantastic. I would love to do that. So that's that's where I am right now. Last question. If you uh, were in a world where you couldn't be an actress, improviser, you couldn't be on stage, what job would give you some kind of, would not make you want to throw yourself in front of a bus? I would work at a children's bookstore. I might own a children's bookstore. Oh. Because I love the idea of turning on a child's imagination. I love to be able to get to them before the world does uh, and allow them to know that anything is possible through books. Nice. I, yeah, I think I think it's awesome. Anything can happen in, in children's books, and and to allow to spark that imagination and let them know that they can do and be anything would be fantastic. I like it. Holly, Mother Nature Walker. <laughs> anything you want to plug? Any YouTube videos? Any movies? Any websites? Any shows? No, I think I need to start working on that. <laughs> Jennifer Garner, if you're listening to this, your old friend thinks you're wonderful. I do. And uh, I think you owe her some laundry, if nothing else. Thank you, Holly Walker. Thank this you. Is living the dream. Huge thank you to Phil Ranta and the Comedy Podcast Network. Original artwork by Tom Burns. Original music by Diana Lawrence. Draw me an email at livingthedreampodcast at gmail.com. Rate the show on iTunes. Leave a comment. I appreciate all the feedback I've gotten so far. It's been great. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash livingthedreampodcast. Thanks for listening. My name is Rich Baker, and this is Living the Dream.